1: Flat Out Farno. you're with Lady H, host of Flat Out Pride on your Free FM DA. If you're a Waikato local with an idea for your own show, Free FM would love to hear from you. Check out our website, freefm.org.nz, or find Free FM
0: on Facebook and get in touch.
2: This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation.
3: Welcome to The Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We are three more days to go in Congress. Oh, it goes so quickly, Barry. What's going on?
0: No, it's just about it's just about over, and it feels like we only just started. Uh, <laughs> we're recording this halfway through the piers. Mariana's in the restricted open pairs from the open piers, and we are just going to have a quick chat before we go on to the next session. So plenty of action, Mariana.
3: There is. Well, let's get the New Zealand team's final out of the way.
0: They were all pretty young this time, Mariana. John Patterson and Kate Davies will be pleased to hear me say that. As will Gayo Tislavol and Gis Joel. But anyway, their team, So they, they made the final. John Patterson, Kate Davies, Gayo Tislavol, Gis Joel, Jeremy Fraser-Hoskin and Jack James. And they actually won the first stanza 13-10 in the final. Unfortunately for them, it was one-way traffic after... And it was won by the Milne team, Nick Jacob, Alex Smirnov, James Coots, Liam Milne, Andy Hung and Glenn Coots. Now we're claiming Glenn Coots and Liam Milne and James Coots and Nick Jacob all as Kiwis. <laughs> I don't care where they live. <laughs> You know, there's a token Australian and Andy Hung. Well done, Andy. Yeah, that's right.
3: It could be classed as a Kiwi final. Hey, I'm glad that I mentioned the young
0: guns in my picks. You did well. I don't think I did very well with the uh, Milne team, but didn't have the Fraser Hoskin team, I don't think. So mm-hmm. So there you go. Well done, Mariana. No,
3: nah, it, it's good. Okay. So everyone's getting some results up on, online. There was a couple of comments that I noticed in the, one of the events that I was playing, I think it could have been the team's events. And as we were leaving the session, the director had some comments posted up in the lobby chat. And one of them was asking kibitzers to please leave the session and go through the kibitzing uh, link. How about that, Barry?
0: Yeah, I sort of know why that was. The results, uh, you know, on the online have not been all that quick getting up, and if you go into the kibitzing, of course there's well behind, whereas if you go into the players' lobby, and I'm not telling anybody to do this, if you go into the players' lobby and click on the scores, you get more up-to-date scores. So I think that's why people have been doing that, but obviously the directors are not keen on people no. going in there and doing that while players is still taking place, so a bit tricky. <laughs> yeah. And the one that I just managed
3: to spot was our good old friend Nigella. <laughs> Oh, he's world
0: famous, that boy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so people were wanting to know what's going on, and that's what they've been doing. So uh, they have, I see that um, they did broadcast the New Zealand team's final. And you were able to watch it on, I don't know who was watching it on, but uh, Switch, it was V8 Mama or something it's called, isn't it, or whatever oh, it is. Oh, right, yes, yes. So you could actually watch and hear the commentary, see what was happening. Lovely.
3: Oh, that's and, awesome. it was,
0: and it was live. Very
3: good. Yeah. So... A couple of things that are happening at the moment. You've got lots of numbers in, in your event we've got. Sorry, I can't even remember how many are in ours.
0: In the restricted open pairs, I yeah. can tell you. You've got 30 pairs, Mariana, 15 tables in your event.
3: Oh, OK. So they've wiped the qualifying, so it's just a play, play, play.
0: In the open, there's 48 tables, so 96 pairs playing in the open
3: and I note, Barry, that from the comments of Alice the Stark, Mr. Secretary, is that the applications to host online tournaments are coming in thick and fast from other clubs.
0: Yeah, I guess that's that's unfortunately uh, way of the world at the moment. Face to face is becoming <laughs> less and less common.
3: Yes, we're actually having a discussion about whether what we're going to do with the Jubilee for Hamilton Club because we're seventy this year. Whether we're actually going to do something or, like everybody else, maybe put it off till next year and hope that things get better. Because it is a
0: monumental achievement, really, isn't it? 74 years for a club. So we could celebrate next year 71 years, you think?
3: (laughs) Well, there are only other options, really, if we continue to go through the levels. Because there's going to be so many people that have touched the Hamilton Bridge Club over the past 70 years, obviously, that people really might not want to travel. With all this um, Level 2 coming in, in the COVID situation, you don't really want to be putting extra people at risk, do you?
0: It's hard enough trying to decide whether we're going to run our intermediate junior tournament online or not. It's almost certainly going to be online, by the sounds of it.
3: Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a good thing. And if we can drum up some numbers from all the clubs around the winter, that will be awesome. Because I'm sure there's lots of intermediates and juniors and novices out there that are itching to play, but just don't want to dip their toes into something, i.e. like Congress.
0: Okay, here's an alert. It's free advertising for the Hamilton Bridge Club here. The intermediate and junior tournament's almost certainly going to be online. So if you're an intermediate or junior pair, I think it's being held early March. You can play and it'll be online.
3: The prices will be
0: really reasonable and it'll be a good event to play in. There'll be master points. Yeah. And then
3: the next biggest tournament that we have for Hamilton is the Hamilton Restricted, which comes up very early April. And that's always had really good numbers attend there, Barry. So I guess once we do the intermediate juniors, we'll be we switching straight away into the restricted tournament. Yeah,
0: there is, of course, the Taranaki Congress coming up, and there'll be the Easter Congresses coming up. Lots of bridge coming up. How much of it will be online? Yeah,
3: true, true. Now, we
0: had a big hand today, didn't we? Well, I asked Grant Jarvis, I played him next round, and I said, How long did it take you to count the 30 count? I said, And he said, I'm still counting. He was on, he'd be, we'd moved on to the next table. <laughs> <laughs> what a cracker of a hand. It was. So, uh, yep, balance 30 count. Amazing. And partly just happened to have a six-card spade suit headed by the Queen. There's been some cracker hands as
3: well, hasn't there, throughout the rest of the tournament. I'm sure we're going to be able to get somebody to come on and let us know about it. Hey, tell me, talking about Grant Jarvis, have you managed to have a chat with him about his thoughts on the IPs?
0: I knew you were going to ask me that.
3: Oh, well, I'm glad I didn't fail.
0: <laughs> I did.
3: Well, it'll be interesting because I think A lot of people are going to start thinking about
0: that now, aren't they? Into peace.
3: Yeah. Don't you have to get your names in rather early?
0: I know it's a long way off, but I reckon there's a pretty good chance that might be online as well. But who knows? Things might change.
3: All right. Have you got anything else? Any other gossip?
0: Well, there's a few results that we haven't looked at yet. The Open Twist Pairs was won by Susan and Dennis Humphreys, father and daughter combination from... Michael Courtney and Giselle Mundell. I guess we'll have to give the Aussies credit for coming second. And Blair and Liz Fisher with third. Restricted Open Pairs. That was won by David
3: Esterman and Alex Strum, Australian Pair. And second were Helen Walker and Lee MacDonald from Wellington. Third, Shirley Bain Graham Young from Tauranga.
0: Intermediate Swiss Pairs that was won by Heather Robertson and Dennis Watkinson. And second was Zing Zang and Anne Gordon. Yeah. The old, old partner of yours, wasn't it, Mariana? That's
3: right. Zing from Palmy, and Anne is from Palmy, and he had a stint up here
0: in Hamilton for a little while. The Intermediate Pairs, yeah. That was taken out by Sebastian Langdon-McMillan and William Han, and second were Rosalind Cott and Richard Ryan. I'll do the Juniors. So the Juniors were taken out by
3: Janet Milbank and Jenny Elgar. Martin Berry, Amanda Bublitz were second. Catherine Morgan and Jackie Pullman coming in
0: third. Intermediate teams. That was taken out by the Corrine team. That was Chris Corrine and Jill Patterson and Kathy Carroll and Felicity Hane. From across the water, Mariana. Waheke Island. Oh yes, actually, yes. I, don't
3: actually, I, yes. I do recognise those
0: names. They'd be very happy. Lots of results coming out of here and some more to come. New Zealand Peers and New Zealand Open Restricted peers. Judge Julie, we'll be talking to her later on. Uh, we will. Um, she's busy playing the New Zealand peers at the moment. They're qualifying at the moment. They're 13. The top 14 qualifying at the moment. They're coming 13.
3: Let's go off and listen to Kermit. Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond with Kermit. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Kermit. How's your Congress gone so far? Well, I can't
4: announce any amazing results, but I really, really enjoyed it. And I really want to thank the organisers for getting this up and running. A big challenge. You haven't done it before. And good on you. Thank you from everyone that's participated.
0: Yeah, yeah. They've done a great job.
3: They have. It's been really enjoyable. and some parts, not that enjoyable, but I'm still super excited to be playing
0: in it. <laughs> some of us have still got the peers to go. I'm
4: going but to be at go. work, so no, I won't be playing the Piers. It's not my favourite brand of the game anyway. I'm an imps person.
0: But today's subject?
4: Today's subject is, should you be making bids that your partner might not understand? that you don't have an agreement for, that could confuse partner. And some people would say, yes, they should be able to work it out. And some people would say, no, don't put them under that pressure. So which camp are you two in? It could be a really, really, really
0: clever big tomato Pam. What about that?
4: (laughs) I've got a story from the teams. If partner can understand
3: what it means, it's just going to be brilliant. I'm just going to sit on the fence because I can see issues from both sides. Yeah.
4: Well, I tend to be of the don't make it hard for partner. If you can do something clear. But I had a hand I really didn't know what to do with. I made a bid that I thought might cause my partner some trouble, but he came up, as they say, trump. So my partner opened three hearts, preempt, and I held. And remember, we're saying this in suit order. Asex. Stiff Queen, Ace King Jack Ten to Eight Diamonds and Ace X of Clubs. Pretty good hand, as you can t- as you'd agree. Yeah. But what yeah. to bid? It looks like a slam, and it could be a grand slam if partners got the right cards. I wasn't quite sure how to bid this one, so. I bid four no trumps, key card, and heart. I'm only missing the ace and the king of hearts. I've got all the other aces. So I started with key card and hearts. I'm even thinking about seven on this hand. but partner only confessed to one key card. And now I didn't like anything, really. (laughs) So I made a bid that I thought was uh, not clear to partner. I bid six diamonds. And I bid it thinking, if partner bids six hearts, I'll just have to accept that and hope that we can make six hearts. I wasn't even sure we could make six diamonds, but I was going to hope that I could make six hearts. And um, so I bid six diamonds and long wait till the bid comes through from the other side. And my partner found the pass and, and six diamonds was fine. But... He did comment at the end of the hand that was Pam making some kind of really clever bid that was supposed to mean something with the six diamonds because we don't usually key card and then revert to another suit so it did put him in a spin he did use up some brain cells, but he did come to the conclusion that I wanted him to so I did put him under pressure and I don't like doing that to partner but I could cope if he didn't quite know what I was doing.
0: I think it's quite a good policy to say to partner and I often say this if you think I'm doing something clever I won't be (laughs)
4: <laughs> well, I thought that you were going to make that comment about me, Barry. No, Pam won't be doing anything clever. <laughs> he probably looked
3: at it and thought, OK, so Pam's saying I can play here, but I can probably tolerate it if you take it back to hearts. Would that be right?
4: We don't have an agreement. We're not, we've played a little bit together, but we're not a hugely experienced partnership.
0: It's tricky. You could argue that Pam was only interested in diamonds. Perhaps she should have bid them in the first place. Right. But And to go this way, maybe she has some tolerance for hearts. I don't know. Once again, what partnership do you know that's discussed that? The difference between (laughs) putting diamonds and then key carding or partner money? I wasn't
4: even sure that four diamonds was natural at this point. So okay. um, yeah. <laughs> I thought it might be we play rolling cues and I thought it might be a rolling cues. I didn't know. So anyway, all's well that ends well, but I do not like putting future in. I don't like it to see people say, well, you know, just use logic.
0: <laughs> if I recall the hand, Pam, six hearts does make. If you can't bid your eight card suits, what's the world coming to you?
4: Well, especially when they're ace, king, jack, <laughs> Sorry. But I didn't, I really, really didn't want to confuse my partners. Yeah, especially in a long event. Don't put your partner under pressure, I reckon. There's enough pressure. Yeah.
0: So even if it looks like a really, really clever bid, and it looks like it could be just brilliant. And the problem I have with this thing is where you make a bid where you're not quite sure if partner will understand what it means. It's all fine if the auction's over. If you make a clever bid in the middle of an auction, and then partner responds, you won't know what that means. So not <laughs> in the position where partner didn't know what your bid meant, you won't know what their bid meant. What and responses. now things are even murkier.
4: <laughs> I shouldn't bring this up, but I do believe the pair got to 7 no Trump's double on a situation very similar to that, going for... Mini, nee, mini. Nee, nee,
3: nee. <laughs> oh yeah. that's
4: no good. at the end Part of the, of the day,
3: you've got to look after partner, don't you? What is it? You've got to give them clear and accurate information.
0: Yeah. There was a famous hand where um, Andy Braithwaite was on lead years ago with Ace King of Hearts. No, he wasn't on lead. His partner was on lead. He was playing with Alan Turner, and he was waiting, and he he could he didn't even double because he, he he wasn't sure what that would mean, and he thought, well, I'm not on lead, so you know. Anyway, he was waiting for his partner to lead. And then finally, his partner said, You'll lead, Andy. Oh. <laughs> he was only seven no trumps with ace king of hearts. <laughs> and he hadn't doubled. That wouldn't have been so bad, but his partner had six to the queen. Oh. That's some sort of cubiting misunderstanding. <laughs> they had a void instead of the ace. So. Yeah. <laughs> but he failed to double. I'm sure they still picked up a bucket of them. So.
4: Yes, I would, I would say so. So the moral of the story is, you know, super, super experienced players that have been playing together for eons might make a bid that they could reasonably expect their partner to get, because when you play for a very, very long time, your brains start to melt together. <laughs> but as a genuine, <laughs> which is frightening in itself, but as a general rule, just try and make it easy for partner, I reckon. You quite like them, though You're on their side. <laughs> yeah, true. I guess we'll catch up again next week.
3: Thank you for that. Okay. Yeah, good luck for the peers.
4: Yeah, look forward to seeing you again. Join us next
0: week at the Lilypad. With Pam Livingston, Bridge Coach.
3: See you. Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please.
1: How can I help?
0: Judge Julie presiding.
3: Good morning,
1: Judge Julie. How's Congress going for you? Not too bad. I didn't pay the Swiss peers, so that's better. <laughs> Barry has no doubt updated everyone on how we went in the teams. So, we'll, you know, we could have done better, all of us, I think, yep. somehow.
0: Right. Actually, oh, well. contrary to what you're thinking, I didn't have too much to say about the teams.
1: <laughs> I'm trying not to.
0: Sure. <laughs> I don't Mm -hmm. think you get any prizes for 34th or wherever we were. No, we
1: didn't even get called most average. (laughs) We must have
0: been close. We've made the final of the pairs tomorrow, Mariana, so onwards (laughs) and upwards. Good. Anyway, I've got a question for you, Julie. If the opponents open one no Trump and you bid two diamonds, because you've got diamonds, and partner alerts it, and this can happen online or face-to-face, whatever, and when asked describes it as both majors and then bids two hearts, what should you do?
1: All right, well, you've got to pretend you didn't hear what was said, effectively. You didn't see the alert. You know, I know nothing, is it? Uh, Sergeant Schultz from (laughs) Sergeant Hero? I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) Was that in black and white, Julie? Yep, it was. (laughs) So when partner alerts or describes something as not what you've actually got, you have to pretend that you didn't hear it. Now, for those people that have experienced screens in the New Zealand teams that have been run recently, you'll have a better idea of what I'm talking about. If you were in a different room to your partner and you hadn't heard anything or seen anything, then you would have thought that they described it appropriately. And that's the way that you have to treat the bid. Now, if your opponents hadn't asked and your partner hadn't alerted, then maybe you wouldn't be in this predicament, but you are now. So most of us start off by panicking. And when partner bids two hearts, we're thinking, oh, what do we do? Help. And you do the wrong thing, unfortunately. And then the next thing, the director's called to the table and everything is just going to hell in a handbasket. So we have to pretend that we haven't heard what partner said or seen partner it. And when partner bids two hearts, if we'd bid two diamonds naturally, they would be showing us hearts. Now, some of the time, we're lucky. We've got a hand where we don't bid again and partner's a past hand and life isn't too bad. Most of the time, we're going to be stuck with a decision that really we don't want to make. So what will happen is if I have three hearts in my hand, then I will be raising partners' heart suit because they should have five. And I'm really stuck with that. And some of the time I have to bid four hearts because I've got a really good hand and partners bid a new suit and I think it's forcing. And I'm sort of sitting there thinking I really don't want to do this. It's going to be horrendous but you have to bite the bullet and do the best that you can. You're only allowed information from the auction, the bidding of the auction and the card play. You're not allowed it from what partner does or doesn't do. You're not allowed it from your partner hesitating. And sometimes when things go wrong and the director's called, there'll be times where you've got to pretend you haven't heard or seen anything yet again. So you just have to treat it as though it was the bid that was made was the right explanation. And that can be really, really hard.
0: Actually, I've got a theory about this. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) And I know neither of you will want to hear it, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It seems to me like more often than you'd think that when you're you're honest and you pretend you never heard it and you bid ethically and do all the right things, sometimes... Or well, sometimes they double you and you go for 1400. <laughs> occasionally, just occasionally, you come out smelling of roses. And yeah. the, opponents, the opponents think you know what you're doing. They believe the auction as well and they bid for spades or they, whatever they do. And you come out with a great result. I reckon that sometimes the bridge gods look after the people that behave in an ethical way.
1: Absolutely. There are times where that definitely happens, and for for right or for wrong. And the other thing is that if you don't do the right thing and you make a bid and you end up in a place where you wouldn't have without the unauthorised information, the director's going to come along, they're going to be called, and they're going to resolve all doubtful points in favour of your opponent.
0: If you do the right thing, then life generally gets better. guess if you or, get a good result from this insane action, yes. you actually get to keep it as long as you were ethical and did the right thing. And people will notice if you do the
1: right thing. Actually, I think in the long run you win, even if it's not necessarily in your bridge result.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Julie's been for 1400 before, Mariana.
1: I've been for 2300 and that's not something you can do very easily. 23 light um, and was it? <laughs> um, oh That's why I don't play with you, Barry. You can't count.
3: There you go. The old fella Thank can't you, count. That's quite all right. See you next week. Okay. Good luck, Bye. everybody. And to close the show for the last week of Congress, Hamilton Bridge Club are hosting their lessons, Barry. Coming up
0: soon. More, more free advertising for Hamilton Bridge Club. <laughs>
3: March the 15th of this year, Hamilton have moved both sessions, the day session and the night session, to Tuesdays, whereas before we used to have Friday mornings and then Tuesday nights, it is now both on Tuesdays, so we've been and getting course, quite a lot of of course,
0: interest. we have our charismatic Tuesday night tutor taking the lessons, Mariana Cullen. Ta-da! And Ella Gray will be taking the daytime ones. And because we're talking about Learning Bridge.
3: It's lesson seasons coming up. I've found a little segment. His name's Sunil Vigis. He's a jack-of-all-trades, entrepreneur, magician, startup mentor, a bridge guru, and lately an actor. And this is a TED talk that he gave at the Great Lakes Institute of Management in Chennai.
2: Enjoy. A beautiful morning to you. I'm glad to add TEDx speaker to my list of trades, for it's an honor to share some knowledge on how Bridge, the ultimate mind game, will help you take better decisions in work and in life. Last Christmas, my little niece surprised me by saying, I don't need to go to school. Need not, because the web teaches you everything. I was a little taken aback. I asked her, what will your parents say? Her answer shocked me even more. I don't need no daddy. Uber is my daddy. I don't need no mummy, Swiggy and Zubato will do. I don't need a teacher, Google is my guru. Makes sense, eh? All information is available at our fingertips. How we use this information to take intelligent decisions is what will determine success for you and Generation Next. But first, let me give you three reasons why Bridge is the ultimate mind game. Number one, it's the only card game which is interesting even when played without money or gambling. Number two, I know of 10 people, including myself, who have given up chess when we discovered Bridge. Number three, software and computer programs have beaten human beings in chess many years ago. Poker a few years ago. Go, which is a Chinese mind game last year, but is nowhere near besting an expert bridge pair. Need I say more? Bill Gates was an avid bridge player. He said, it's a game you can play at any age. If you take it up young, you have fun all your life playing it. A lot of games don't have depth. This one does. Martina Navratilo, an avid tennis player, she knows a bit about games, has brilliantly summarized it thus. Bridge teaches logic, reasoning, quick thinking, patience, concentration, and partnership skills. What else is required to succeed in today's life, sir? In a nutshell, Bridge is a card game full of strategy and tactics. It involves logic and probability. It enables problem solving and enables you to solve lives Complex problems. It's a lifelong game. You can take it up at any age and play right till your final breath. It enables partnership aspects of cooperation, communication, trust, and patience. Actually, playing a bridge hand is like planning a project. It enables you to meet deadlines, prioritize time. In a bridge game of approximately seven minutes, each of the four players is taking three or four decisions with incomplete information. This is pretty much what a marketing manager does when he does a pricing decision, or a stock trader does when he buys or sells stock. Bridge tests multiple intelligences, both the left and the right side of the brain, many times in seven minutes. It's inexpensive to learn, only a pack of cards. You need only four players. There are no barriers of age, language, economic status, or gender. It's a lifelong game. You can start. I've taught children of eight, and I know people who are 90 healthy playing bridge.
3: And we'll hear more from Sunel next week. Enjoy the rest of Congress, those people that are playing. We shall catch you next week.
2: Bye for now. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring Bridge from beginner to international nationwide.